Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namoski and welcome back to our 2021 season preview series. Today we'll be looking at team three from the 2020 season, it's the Parramatta Eels. When we saw the Eels last, 15 wins, 5 losses and a third place finish. The big storyline heading into 2021 is can this side keep the pace with the top clubs? Where is the improvements that can be made to leapfrog some of these teams? And where are the areas where, they, where they're currently lacking to catch back up to the teams? Full disclosure, this is my team. I am a Parramatta Eels fan, unfortunately. My dad, lifelong fan. I had no choice. Fell in love with him after my first game. Unfortunately, that first game was the 2001 Grand Final. Watching it at a wedding. So, I've been uh, used to a bit of heartbreak in my life. Seeing as the first game was uh, our, probably our best side ever being... Uh, steamrolled in a grand final but again for me th- this this side this year one of the better better seasons last year but again it's all about how do we keep pace with the with the top clubs now when you enter the the teams like the panthers the storm the roosters the raiders it's all about keeping pace improving getting those small improvements where you weren't really great last year how do you how do you grow on those improve those to keep up and improve it's a big question mark for the Parramatta Eels this year. As we'll go through with some of the what's missing with this team, there's some big glaring ones. Again, the the top half of this roster in this team and the the potential is right up there with any of the other clubs. But some of the some of the low points really sticks out when you're looking at the top six teams and you kind of go, okay, what's their flaws? I think Parramatta easily has one one of the bigger ones. So it's gonna be a big storyline. I think. How does Brad Arthur really get them going and keep them on that pace? Because when you look at the the season of the season of two halves last year, the first half of the season when everyone was firing, one of the best sides in the in the league, a couple of injuries midway through the season really derailed them. But again, there, there, there's positives, there's negatives with every club. It's all about how do you manage and make sure that your negatives don't outshine your positives. So let's see what's new for 2021 for the Parramatta Eels. A lot of gains and a lot of losses. So the gains, Bryce Cartwright, Hipgrave, Lusick, Oldfield, Opacek, Papali'i and Roach. The losses, Alvaro, Evans, two Jennings boys, Field, Gower, Takarangi, Terapo and Big Stefano. So going through the gains and the losses, on both sides, it's a lot of squad filler. There's no real one big piece. I think the biggest one is obviously Michael Jennings with his uh, suspension. So he was probably one of our better outside backs the last couple of years to lose him and not really feel with a like-for-like player. Obviously, we've got Oldfield and Opacek there. You will see in a sec who I've got in that starting team, but there's not really that one like-for-like. It's just a lot of, when you're talking about, again, how do you improve and maintain? The maintainer can kind of see it because the, the players that you've lost... The gains have, all, have kind of erased those. That they're, they're, they're the same. But there hasn't been really a signing to say, okay, they're going to the next level here. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all these new guys come in. Because there, there'll be opportunities throughout the season. There's injuries, there's suspension, there's origin. So a lot of these players that get signed are going to make their way into this team and and try and make their best impact. But again, it's just the, the squad breakers in this side and with the same ones from last year and the year before. And when teams have multiple years of game planning to go, okay, we need to break down Gutherson, we need to break down Mitchell Moses, Reed Barney, 
you don't have that extra guy now the the fourth or fifth or sixth guy to say okay when these things go wrong i can go to that guy that's the something that you know you look at the roosters that we just did in the last podcast yes their signings their signings their gains weren't really you know they had basically two guys and one's a rookie and one is a squad player but just so much talent in that team already whereas this team again there's talent but in terms of the opposition having a game plan around that and they can win a game off the back of them that again is the the slight difference and it's only a very very slight difference but when you're talking about the top six teams top five teams that's all that's all that that's all that it is it's those one little things the one percenters that can really make the difference once you get to the side of the of the comp with the gains and the losses let's look at my potential starting 17 for the eels at fullback king gutho on the wings we got mike acevo and blake ferguson in the centers tom upacek and wonga blake in the halves dylan brown and mitchell moses up front we got regan campbell gillard and junior polo reed Miley a hooker in the back row sean lane ryan madison nathan brown and on the bench we got will smith oregon kafusi isaiah papali'i and marata Niakore. coach brad arthur so some squad battles obviously the biggest one is who's going to get that center spot now that jennings is not there i have given the the tick to upper check i think we have seen when he has played for the cowboys has got the ability to, to snag some tries solid in defense i think they're very much the same player i, I just prefer Opacek just a bit more from an attacking perspective. I think he's going to give you a little bit more. Looking down, the rest the rest of the back line and the halves, we set and forget. Even the front row, Campbell Gillard and Paulo, one of the best front row combinations. The only other potential one I do see throughout the season is Sean Lane's second row spot. You've got two guys on the bench now in Papali'i and Niakore who can really cement their place for that number 11 jersey. I think Sean Lane, two seasons ago, one of the better seasons of his career, really running well off Mitch Moses and making things happen. Last season got a little bit stagnated, had to come off the bench for a couple of games. So again, you saw someone like a Papali'i for the Warriors last year, did a really good job on that edge. Neil Cora, every time he does come into the starting side when there is a suspension, uh, fills, in the, fills in the role, runs the ball hard. So again, I think there's there's not many chopping cha- and changing in this team. I think the one to 17 is pretty set, minus a couple of players. Will Smith in the 14 jersey. I'll, I'll see him starting right now. I could see Lusick coming in or Nathaniel Roach coming in and being that backup hooker that we'll talk about in a second for potentially some of the problems with this squad. But in terms of just a 1 to 13, if you just look at the 1 to 13, again, one of the better ones in the comp. How much does Blake Ferguson have left in the tank? Is Wonga Blake the right center to have? Is he a winger instead? There's a couple of options. There's a couple of problems or potential problems with this side, especially as a Parramatta fan who watches every second of the game. And I kind of, you know, after the the joke of uh, Blake Ferguson score a try because Wonga Blake's not even the ball. Not entirely true. There's there's some myths around this team where the outside who doesn't really look in and go, okay. To me, Mike Acevo last year, I think he was carrying some nagging injuries. There's, there's a couple of things you can say for this squad. Again, it's a, it's a season of two halves. If you look at their first half compared to their second half, it's it's two different teams. So I think we've got to see the season, get everyone healthy at the start, run the 1-17 to 17 that you can have. I think Brad Arthur's going to have a really... He's going to use these trials to kind of work out who's going to fill that bench, who's going to be the center, who's going to be the second row. And from there, it will just be a collection of 
squad players. You know, your Cartwrights and your Hip Grayson come in on a, in a pinch. So it'll be very interesting to see some of the squad battles as the season does progress. So some things to build on for the Eels this year. Obviously for me, their forward pack, one of the better forward packs in the game. I think if you start Campbell Gillard and Polo up front and Nathan Brown off the back fence, three of the top yardage men in the, in the game, then you have a Sean Lane who can hit a very good line. But to me, Ryan Madison is the, is the piece that really plugs his team together. The way he can hit a hole, the way, the way he can ball play at a pinch, the way he can kick in a pinch, just so many different options. I'm a big fan of Ryan Madison. To me, he is the MVP. I think if this team, when you really look at all the different signings and all the different ways his team can perform, I actually think Ryan Madison is turning into that player where if he went down when he did with his concussion last year, you did see instantly it was an additional ball player off the field. It was one of these attacking creators that every team needs to have, especially from one of their forward spots. Because Nathan Brown, as well as he runs the ball and hits, you just need, in, in your back row, you just need that one extra ball player. Junior Polo has a very, very nice pass. We saw a couple of years ago with that cutout ball to the wing for a try. Things like that. We've seen the, Rambo, the Regan Campbell Gillard 40 meter try. There's there's things like that in this in this forward pack. They got a lot of variety, but for me, Ryan Madison is the key. And if this forward pack can get it on the top, and last year they showed with nearly every single team in the comp they could get on top. But again, when you're versing a team like the Panthers or the Storm, and they just really ace up and have a go, it's all about then. Okay, where's the next bit of attack coming from? So that's going to be the biggest thing for the Eels this year. Another year for the spine, Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown starting the season healthy. I think it's going to be a big boost. You saw both of them uh, get nicked up with some injuries last year. Mitch Moses with the calf, Brown with the ankle. And again, when those two are both on the field, fully fit and forming that combination that we've seen, one of the better combinations in the game. Both got beautiful kicking games. Dylan Brown's running game is becoming a real thing. When he takes the line on, things happen. And Mitch Moses, just the eyes up footy, the kick and chase for a try, the linking up with Gutho whenever, like, there's just things in the game where you just look and go, okay, this spine, when you're one, one, six, seven, and nine, play together for a couple of years, there's some good synergy there. They get that, they get, they know where each other's going to be. That's where you want to be. And that's what the Eels do have. So it's, it's a big positive for them. But looking at what's missing, what's the problems? So I've got three. I've got three big ones for the Eels. The first one is the depth at halfback and hooker. So for me, Hooker is, I love Reed Marnie. I think Reed Marnie is a great player. Hasn't shown that he can play a full 80 minute yet. I think there is, obviously size when he's in the middle and he's one of those guys that just wants to get in and make every tackle. The the endurance isn't quite there. You do see at around that 60 minute plus mark where he does fade a little bit. You do need us. We did see last year a Will Smith and even a Ray Stone getting a dummy half, and that's just not going to cut it in today's game. You've got to have at least two recognized guys that can whip the ball out of dummy half, make plays, eyes up if there needs to take a run. So that's why I do like the the Lussick signing and the Nathaniel Roach. I think they're both low end signings where you can really get some good value out of them. But again, if a Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, or Reed Money is to go down, you'd think Will Smith is going to be the first to come off the rank. But then after that, there's not really much much of a depth. Jai Field last year came in and filled in well, but again, he's not there this year. So there's all these different things where you just got to look at the, the, the squad depth. You know, you've got a lot of forwards and a lot of backs, but in the key positions, that's where you need it. So it'll be one to watch. The outside defense is probably the biggest one for me. 
just obviously teams in the second half of the season really torched the the edges, um, rushing in, staying back, getting caught out, one on one misses, all, all these different things. And when Michael Jennings was your best defensive edge, and he's now gone. That obviously does lead to questions. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Brad Arthur coaches around it. If he does mix up and you know plays a Fergal in the centers and Wonga Blake on the on the wing, if he goes from Michael Oldfield just because he's better defensively, these are the type of things I want to watch. And the last one is just Gutho's workload. So obviously Clint Gutherson loves his hands on the ball, runs around, lots of tackle, lots of uh, runs, tackles when he needs to. But I just want to make sure we monitor that workload because, again, he has had a, a injury of uh, history of injury, not recently, which is good. So fingers crossed, obviously, stays healthy there. But just got something to monitor, especially uh, as we get later into the seasons. So let's look at my predictions for the Eels in 2021. I've got them finishing in sixth place. So I, I do see them taking a, a slight step back again. It's just due to the fact that the teams around them have all, I think, moved up a little bit and got, got a little bit better and they've kind of stayed exactly where they were or if got a little bit less. So sixth place is still a great season, but again, they're not going to get that home. They're, they're going to get the home final, but again, it's going to be against, you know, a real dangerous team at seven. You don't want to be there. You want to be able to be in the top four to get that second week. So we're very interested to see how they attack the season. I think this is one of the teams that will go balls to the wall for the season, try and really lock up a top four spot and just try and ride the way from there. Top point scorer, Mitch Moses, goal kicking, but again, Ken's name a couple of tries. The top try scorer, I've got Micah Sevo. I think we will see the best in Micah this year. Hopefully stays healthy and can do the job, score lots of tries as he has done previously. The MVP and the most improved, I'm giving it to Dylan Brown. I think this is Dylan Brown's team. I think he is the lead playmaker in this team now. He's just one of those guys, when he is on your team, it's just a, it's a joy to watch. The way he runs the ball, he kicks, passes, all of it to me. I think he's just—he's one of the superstars of this game, and you know we—we—we're losing a Roger Tuivasa Sheck, and you know there's always rumors about Kalen going going to switch codes, but there's guys always coming up, and and a guy like a Dylan Brown is one of those guys where, you know, for for years and years, Benji Marshall and Sean Johnson was the every, every young Kiwi wanted to be them. To me, Dylan Brown's gonna be the the same. I think for me. One of those guys you can just build a team around. He's a cornerstone, and he's going to be one of those guys you just love playing with. My, dis- my most disappointing one, even to Sean Lane. Again, I think he will not finish the season in the second row. I think Isaiah Papali'i will, will, will snag that spot. So it's just about how, how do we see the Sean Lane from 2019 really flourish and do the things that he was doing well. So interesting one to watch there. And that will do it for the Eagles, guys. Thanks for tuning in. The next podcast is Team 2 from the 2020 season. It's the Melbourne Storm. So thanks for listening. Drop a like, continue listening, and have a great day. Cheers.